Hey, hello. Coulter Nuanez, Big Sky Breakdown, the pivotal, pinnacle, the best. It's Cat Grizz. It's Grizz Cat. It's Brawl of the Wilds, greatest rivalry in college football, fiercest rivalry in the West, whatever you want to call it. It is here, Montana at Montana State, number three versus number eight. The showdown is upon us. All sorts of stuff riding on this game. We will get into all of that throughout the week, so check back. Big Sky Breakdowns almost every day of the week. Tutel Nuanas live from 4 to 6 on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Television. Check that out as well. We have all sorts of guests coming in. Former Bobcat and Grizz players, former Bobcat and Grizz coaches, national media people analyzing this thing. In this Big Sky Breakdown, we'll hear from Jeff Choate, his press conference on Monday morning, November 18th, previewing this year's Cat Grizz game. Montana State 27-17 victor over UC Davis on Saturday to move to 8-3, likely so up a playoff spot for the second straight year and stay in the mix for the Big Sky Conference title. Montana, a resounding 35-16 win over number 3 Weaver State last weekend, and they're up to number 3 in the polls. Montana's 9-2 overall, 6-1 in Big Sky Conference play, and they can clinch at least a share of the Big Sky crown with a win on Saturday in Bozeman. This podcast presented in part by Town Pump. I know there's going to be a ton of people traveling to Bozeman, so stop at Town Pump on your way, no matter if you're coming from Belgrade or you're coming from Miles City to Town Pump near you. Gas, food, drinks, get some beer for your tailgates, some wine, some chips. They always have great specials. They always have great prices. The cleanest bathrooms in Missoula, no matter where you're at in Montana, Town Pump is somewhere close to you. And if you're in Bozeman, go check out Subway Armory. If you got a hunting rifle or a shotgun that needs tuning up, they can help you with that. If you're in the market for a new one, they can help you with that. If you need some ammo, some shells, whatever you need, Subway Armory is your Montana firearm superstore. Take the Subway Armory Challenge. Shop at Subway Armory for a year. Guarantee you're going to save money over the big box stores. Jeff Choate, Montana State fourth-year head coach. His team gunning for the fourth straight victory over Montana in the 119th rendition of the Cat Grizz rivalry. Jeff Choate. It is the fiercest rivalry in college football, and on November 22nd, Universal Athletic, Up Top Clothing, and ESPN Missoula will team together to bring you a special edition of Tutel Nuanes. Broadcasting from the Universal Athletic headquarters in Bozeman, swing into Universal Athletic to check out the Montana Football Hall of Fame, get your Grizz and Bobcat gear, and hear the best sports talk radio in Montana previewing the 119th rendition of the historic rivalry. Universal Athletic and Up Top Clothing are passionate supporters of athletics around the great state of Montana. All right. Morning, guys and gals. How are we doing? Good. Doing good. Doing good. All right. So, uh, quick opening statement. Uh, you know, clearly a, a, a very impactful and important win for our program on uh, on Saturday evening. Um, just with the magnitude of the contest for UC Davis, with it being senior day, Jake Mayer setting a school record for passing yards in a career, um, the opportunity for them to potentially still make a, get an at-large bid in the playoffs, night game, good crowd, all those things, and for our guys to, you know, just kind of fight the way they did and then really truly to finish in the fourth quarter uh, in all three phases. Uh, Tristan was big as far as kicking those field goals. Defensively, uh, smothering effort in the fourth quarter. And then uh, it was great to get back to a little ground, ground and pound at the end. I mean, you can see teams make it very difficult for us to run the ball, especially early in games because of what we do stylistically. Um, but if we can get this thing in the fourth quarter, you know, those things, those, as we always say, kind of those body blows turn into knockout shots. And so really good win. And uh, now it's on to the Montana Grizzlies, 119th brawl in the wild. Montana Super Bowl, I don't think we need to talk about it a whole lot, honestly. Uh, the hype machine will go into overdrive, but uh, it's really unnecessary. I think that uh, uh, we've got two ranked opponents that uh, I think represent the best that this state has to offer on both sides. And so um, it's, it's interesting now after being here a couple of years, there's a lot of young men 
that, uh, that, that where the other colors that are certainly guys that we recruited and know through the recruiting process came to our camps. You get to know the kids. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun, actually, to see how they're developing within that program. And I'm sure the same thing's true on the other side. Uh, really impressed with the job that Coach Houck has done in year two. I think he's clearly addressed some issues uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. I mean, what I see is I see a bigger, better offensive line. And I think that that has allowed them to be more balanced. Uh, you look at their statistically, um, you know, rushing for more yards game, per game than they did a year ago. I think the night kid, number 21, is a good back. But I really think it's their commitment to being more balanced on offense and the improvement the, of the offensive line. I think Coach Drimmer's done an awesome job with that group. They went out and got some guys. Um, but they're a year older, a year more experienced. As I said, they're a bigger, more physical group overall. And I really think that that's helped them to balance their offense out. Uh, tight ends are a big part of their offense. You know, and that's they'll, they'll run uh, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, and then they'll run, depending on the game plan, a lot of 13 personnel, three tight ends and one back. You saw that a ton against Eastern Washington, saw it pretty, uh, a good amount against Portland State and Idaho. And so that creates some matchup problems on the field. And those guys are not just good run blockers, but they're also legitimate targets in the pass game. Uh, the Bingham kid is kind of the, uh, the primary guy, but Deming, and they've got a bunch of different good-looking kids at tight end. And then you kind of start to shift it out, and, uh, and you look at number 18 and number 8 and number 16. Those three guys, kind of a three-headed monster. Uh, Torre and, uh, and Akeem have, have kind of similar skill sets, big, tall, athletic guys, win 50-50 balls, can break tackles on short gains, very competitive guys, and they have top-end speed. And then, uh, you know, Jerry Louis McGee's got his own skill set. I mean, he's a very good complement to those other two guys. And so that's kind of what I see on offense. Uh, defensively, I think Coach Bear's done an awesome job. They're a really difficult defense to prepare for because of all the pre-snap and post-snap movement that you get. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think Jesse Sims is having a really nice year. I think that kid's playing really well, number 37. Um, their linebackers are really good. I mean, I think that's the heart and soul of their defense. And they use a lot of them, kind of depending on what the down and distance is. And, and how they're trying to attack you at different moments. And so, um, but you know, I mean, he kind of always is going to go through the Olsen kid, 33. I mean, he's um, one of the things that stands out to me about their defense. And, and I think as a, if you're a guy that really understands defensive football, you can really appreciate this is they pursue the ball very, very well. I mean, these, this group runs to the ball, they tackle well. Um, but even if they miss a tackle, the eraser is always effort, and these kids play really hard. And so you look at what they've got at linebacker there, and then you go to the next level, and they've got three guys. I mean, I kind of consider Sandra, even though he's a Sam linebacker, he's kind of a safety body type, 13. And then you got two, the Robertson kid from uh, the Arizona transfer. He's really playing a ton better. You, know, you can see a year in the system. He's really starting to kind of come into his own. And then, uh, and then the Hout kid, 17, obviously, is a kid that's one of their leading tacklers. And so on all three levels of defense, I think they're very sound. Uh, they're very, very high blitz percentage. Um, whether they're bringing five-man pressure or what we call bogus pressure, where they're bringing a guy off the ball and still only pushing forward to quarterback about 70% of the time. So you're going to get an add-on blitz almost all the time from somewhere. And I think that's something that's challenging to deal with. Um, and I talked about the pre- and post-snap movement. Special teams, I think this is the best return group in the league. I think uh, the combination of Jerry Lou McGee as the punt returner and then the Flowers kid, number 19, is their kick returner. I think those guys create a lot of problems for you, and they're very dynamic. Both of those individuals have touchdown returns this year. And we've got to do a great job of keeping the ball away from those guys. And when they get it, we've got to swarm and tackle. And then, uh, you know, the Purdy kid's about 75%, I think, on field goals on the season. And their coverage units are good. I mean, these kids, I, I know Coach Houck takes a lot of pride in the special teams units. And, and uh, you can see that coming out through film. So I think this is a very, very good football team. Much improved over a year ago. And uh, I think uh, deserving of their ranking. And we're excited to host them here at Bobcat Stadium at noon on, on Saturday.
happy to take any questions. You commented how in the job that he's done this year, what's kind of stood out to you about what he's done with the program? Well, I think that you can see more maybe his identity, his stamp on things. I think he's a guy that really wants to run the ball and understands the importance of stopping the run. And they're one of the best run-stopping defenses in the league. And so they've certainly put a premium on that. Uh, and then, as I said, you know, they invested in that offensive line. And, you know, Chad Germer's a really good football coach. And, you know, it's probably just a matter of time. And, and stylistically, what they did with, with Coach Stitt was different than what Coach Houck wants to do. And sometimes that transition is going to take a little bit. But you can see the investment they've made in getting bigger and stronger on the offensive line, the, the coaching and the technique that has improved. And I think, again, I think that's what's really pushed their offense forward. You know, I, I, I'd be obviously remiss if I didn't mention Dalton Sneed. And, uh, you know, he's a young man that makes the whole thing go. You talk about all these component parts, but, I mean, he's a guy that – he's a courageous leader. You can just tell that. He's a tough kid, uh, you know, built thick in the lower body, hard to bring down in the open field, accurate passer, very strong arm, and he has that confidence, that swagger you can kind of just see. And you can see, even see, you know – uh, as good as Cam did for him in terms of running their show for him. But when things got down at Idaho, you insert that guy, and there's an immediate jump in the performance of everybody in that huddle. And so that tells you what kind of leader he is. And so, um, you know, that's what we're up against. You know, we've got a, a, lot of, a lot of guys that have made a lot of plays. Uh, they, you know, not unlike the team we played last week, they got a lot of boys they can go to. And uh, I think those two receivers are, are different. I mean, I think they're different in terms of the level of competition that they could potentially play at. And, you know, Again, I mean, it's a veteran coaching staff. You look at guys like Kent Bear, who's been everywhere. I mean, this guy's, you know, he's going to have answers. You know, I talked about Chad and his ability to coach that offensive line. He's been a lot of places. He's going to have answers. Brent Pease is going to have answers, and he's got those receivers playing at a really high level. you got a guy like Rosie who's calling the play plays. So it's a veteran coaching staff that has kind of now got their stamp and imprint on this team. The way that you guys were able to confuse and kind of fluster Jake last week, how big is that going to be this week, and how hard would it be to, to do that same thing to – well, you know, I think one of the things that happens is you get a lot of stuff on film, and there's a lot of similarities between really the last three teams that we've played. They're all kind of spread gun run offenses and um, um, built on some RPO concepts. Uh, Montana will get into, like I said, the heavy sets a little bit more, and they have a different package that they run out of that. But their DNA plays don't change. I mean, they run a bunch of spacing routes. Uh, you know, you get your vertical concepts with eight and 18. Uh, RPO slant game was big for him last week against Weber State. They hit him in the mouth with a couple of big plays on that. And so their, their DNA plays don't really change, um, but the component parts do. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've gelled so well at offense. And, uh, and Dalton does a tremendous job of leading that group. The defensive line for Montana seems to have gained quite a bit of depth. What have you seen from some of the new players you have not played with? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because they roll a lot of guys in and out there, obviously. Um, as Sims is kind of the stalwart, and he kind of plays through downs. 99 is a guy that shows up. Uh, but they'll play those linebacker body types a lot at or near the line of scrimmage. And so that's really an extension of their defensive line is their linebacker core uh, with some of the bogus pressure stuff that they do. I just think that, you know, the, I mean, if you want me to describe their defense, they play hard. I mean, they create problems for you with the movement and the pressure, but at the end of the day, they play hard. And uh, I think if you're a defensive coach, that's what you want people to turn the tape on and say, man, this group plays hard. And they've got our respect and our attention from that perspective. Selway Armory on Black Friday is the one store you have to visit to save huge on guns, ammo, and accessories. Check out Selway Armory's insert in the Thanksgiving edition of the Missoulian before Black Friday to see all of the unbelievable inventory and savings they have in store for you. Put Selway Armory on your schedule and get there this Black Friday and Saturday for the sale of the year. Get to the store at the corner of Baxter and Jackrabbit in front of Big Sky Archery and Zero In. Selway Armory's Black Friday sale. Shop local. Save money. Shoot more. 
They play a lot of free safety look a lot like you guys have this year. Do you gain any um, intuition from knowing that some of those schemes that you guys have implemented with some of the free Yeah, I think there's some similarities. There are definitely some similarities between what they do and, and kind of some of the stuff that we've evolved into against the lighter set teams. Um, personnel's different, clearly, and how they go about fitting the run is different. And so in the pass game, maybe there's a few more, uh, a little bit more carryover, but not so much in the run game because of how they fit things with their, with their pre-snap movement, their bogus pressure, and, and their post-snap movement. Talk a little bit about their special teams. I mean, how, how different does your preparation become when you got to worry about guys like Jerry, Louie, McGee? You know, you got, there's that third aspect of their game that you now have to prepare. Well, everybody has a kick returner and a punt returner. So, you know, we prepare for it every week. It's, I mean, certainly um, he's a good player and he's got a great history. Uh, and he's, I think he's, you know, a really good punt returner. I mean, I think that's the thing I think about him. He's just got that ability in the open field. He's fearless, all those things. So we played against him three years in a row. Like I said, everybody's got a punt returner, everybody's got a kickoff returner, everybody schemes in special teams. Not like all of a sudden, one third of the game, now we got to turn the light on. That, that's not the case. Uh, but they definitely have our attention, and we know we're going to have to prepare at a high level. You talked about the run fits being a little bit different. With that bogus pressure, do you see an advantage, maybe being able to catch them off guard at times? You know, it's, it's all going to be, I mean, <laughs> that's going to be the whole key, right? I mean, we, we're not reinventing ourselves. I mean, they're not reinventing themselves. Kind of over 11 games, you've got what you've got on film, and you kind of are who you are. And, uh, and I think the mistake can be made that trying to do something different dramatically and, and uh, reinvent the wheel, so to speak. And so, you know, if we run the ball enough and, and effectively enough, we're going to get some creases. I mean, that's the nature of it. And they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to make some plays too. And so I think that's what, uh, you know, it's probably just going to be a big game of momentum swings like it – kind of seems to always be. And I think that's one of the things Montana's done a really good job. Um, when they get going, they've kind of, you know, they've turned, they've turned the gas on a little bit a couple times. And, and uh, that kind of started to happen to us last year up there. And so we've just got to do a good job of maintaining our poise and staying in the moment and playing the next play and, uh, you know, get it into a fourth quarter game. That's really what we're trying to do. How is this week different just around the team? Or I don't know, is it different at all? Or kind of how would you describe that? Yeah, I think it's different. I mean, I think our guys are – uh, we have, you know, 45% of our roster is Montana kids. They got a bunch of Montana kids. I mean, I think it's foolish not to pretend that, like, this isn't a big deal. These guys are going to have to answer to this for the rest of their lives. This is a forever game. And so, um, but it can't, you can't make more out of it in terms of, you know, that performance anxiety curve. We've got to kind of stay in the, you know, we've got to, our preparation's got to be excellent, but it can't be different. You know, I'm not changing the schedule, none of that. I mean, I think we kind of, we're all a creature of habit, habit and we kind of got to stay to our routine and stay focused and, um, but I think our guys are, you know, they'll be excited. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard not to be excited. And it's a great game against, I mean, this is what the Big Sky Conference is all about, is having two good Montana teams that get to hook it up at the end of the year with stuff on the line. And that's the way it should be. How crucial is that, though, that they are able to control those emotions on game day? Well, kind of like I tell them, you know, I'm not a big pregame speech guy. And part of the reason is, is because, you can throw all that stuff out the window after about two minutes of game time. You know, there's going to be a lot of emotion in pregame. Guys are going to have to manage that. You almost have to just have that release. Just get it out, you know, so that you can go focus and, uh, and, and stay kind of stay in the green zone, as we like to call it, from a, from a mental preparation standpoint and not go to red. And uh, there's going to be moments where things get heated. But, uh, you know, I think both of these programs are class programs. And uh, we'll, we'll settle it between the white lines the way it's supposed to be, and it'll be a good game. Obviously, you love all your seniors, but you have an extra soft spot for some of these fifth-year guys that were here before you got here and, and stuck out and helped lay the foundation. Yeah, I, I'm going to have a hard time with this on the senior deal because 
this group is really special to me, um, and uh, I'm trying to stay away from it, you know, because again, that kind of comes back to the you know taking away from the preparation and and staying in the moment. And you know, we'll we'll have our banquet on Sunday and we'll talk about that. But I just have a ton of respect for those guys that stuck it out, and, and it was a mass exodus. And you know, here's the thing about. And, and it's kind of unfortunate. You look around like FBS football, for example, I think 78% of the coaches in FBS football are second or third year coaches, first, second or third year coaches in a program. And so what happens nowadays is obviously the recruiting cycle has gotten longer and you develop more strong relationships over a longer cycle. So when there's a coaching change, what happens? All the guys that you develop these relationships with leave. And here you're an 18 to 22 year old kid that came from wherever and you walk into a situation and you're like, man, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't quite what, it, what, what I thought it was going to be. And so for those guys to buy into to us and what we were trying to do here um, was, was awesome. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're all great Bobcats. Uh, they're survivors, which is a heck of an important quality in this life. And, uh, yeah, we'll have uh, probably be a few tears shed on Sunday when we start talking about them a little bit more. But I'm proud of them. And, and uh honored to have had the opportunity to coach him. We've all talked about records kind of being thrown out the window for a game like this. What levels the playing field so much in this kind of rivalry? That's a good question. I mean, preparation, you know, uh, not getting caught up in the hype, not listening to the outside noise and staying in the moment. And I think that's, you know, kind of what you have to do in these situations. I mean, the bigger the game, the more poise you have to bring to the table. And I think that's something that we, you know, try to do. With uh, Travis, Troy, and Isaiah, I think all scoring touchdowns last week. Uh, how much does it kind of help the offense having those guys, you know, healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously Travis being nicked up for the last couple of weeks, and he was a major impact for us. In big games, your playmakers have to arrive, period. I mean, if, if you don't have your best guys ready to go to go compete and make plays for you, you know, that's going to be an advantage for the opponent. And so for uh, a big game at Davis and to have all three of those guys contribute in major ways on offense, and certainly Troy had a tremendous game on defense as well, uh, was big. But probably the one that – obviously the one big run that Travis had was huge. But I think everybody felt it. Isaiah, a couple of the runs that he made, you're going, oh, he's back. And that felt really good. That felt really good because uh, I think he's one of the best backs in this league. And uh, we've been without his services – basically the entire season. Coulter, the weather has turned. It is gnarly out there. It's gnarly on the roads. But in Montana, that doesn't keep us home. We go everywhere we got to go. You and I always travel in for football. I'm going to be headed to some other places for Christmas, all this kind of stuff. You know what gives me comfort? I know that I'm always about 11 feet from a town pump superstore. I mean, no matter where I am in the state of Montana, you got gasoline, you got all the refreshments you need, the kids got to have, you know, a, a, a packet of gum, some chips, some water to keep them going, keep them satiated and satisfied in the backseat. And you know what other S word? Silent. Shut them up, those kids. You go to town pump and you got yourself some peace and calm in the van ride. I, sh I should pay them $1 million for what they've done for me. I always hit up that town pump right when you get over Homestake Pass. I write in rocker there because yeah. I always run out of the spray fluid for the windshield. And the mm. semis are spraying on you. When it gets cold and icy and snowy like this, you got to have the right fluids in your car. And Town Pump's got that covered as well. And sometimes you need a beer for after the drive. So get yourself a six-pack, drink it when you get home, behave yourself. But it is. It's a great place no matter what you need. Fuel, food, caffeine, 
water, anything. And who knows, maybe you throw a dollar in the machine, you walk away a winner, too. I mean, you got all these different ways to recreate, stretch your legs on the highways. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a town pump near you. Town pump, Montana's best since 1953. This team doesn't uh, rotate a ton in the, in the secondary. Do you see any advantages there that you can take advantage of? I think they, you know, they'll, they'll roll some safeties at times, and I don't know if it's because, because you know, game situation dictated that. But, uh, you know, matchups are always a part of this game. And so um, they're trying to find ways to get uh, their good guys on guys they feel like they have an advantage on. And we've got to try to do the same. You touched on Marcus Knight. But how big of a difference has he been for that? For that? Yeah, I think, it, as I said, I mean, I think any running back would tell you, you're only as good as your offensive line. And so I think he's, he's a really good player who's gotten the benefit of the old line. That's their commitment to the run game as well as the, the improvement on their offensive line. Troy scored a touchdown in the last five games, also had a tackle for loss in each one of those games. Can you kind of speak to the unprecedented nature of that? Have you been around a player like that? I know we spoke about it a little bit before. No, I haven't. I mean, not, not that kind of production over that span and uh, be able to give you a spark on the offensive side of the ball when you need it and uh, playing really consistently at a high level on defense. I, I mean, I think, you know, you get to the end of the year, you start talking about this stuff, and I know maybe he didn't play on that side of the ball the entire year, but the impact that he's had on that side of the ball during our league games, I don't know that anybody's had a bigger impact on the defensive side than he has. I mean, you can look at the, the guys up, up front um, for, for Sac State that are getting a bunch of sacks. And, you know, Dante is a tackling machine. Um, but, uh, you know, they don't match him up on their best receiver and, say, take him vertical. I mean, I think just the unique nature of his skill set is um, separates him. And with so much of that's asked of him, is he just continuing to just be – game for whatever you guys ask yeah. I mean, he's smart, tough, resilient, and uh, he's an ultimate team guy, which is very impressive. Good. All right. Well, hold on. Wait, can I ask my questions? <laughs> Did he warn you? I have my brawl questions like last year, so you got to okay. deal with All me. Okay, all right, there we go. He didn't warn me. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised. Okay. Okay, the first one, if there is a fight between Champ and Monty, how would it go and what would the finishing move be? Where are we getting this? Well, I mean, clearly, I, have you met? You, you, I mean, I know who Champ is. I do not know who Monty is. So I don't have, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that I can properly handicap this. But for me, I would, you know, being an old wrestler, you know, we'd have to just go old head and arm and put him down. I mean, that would be the, that would be the ultimate move. And I, I got my money on Champ because I know he wrestled in high school. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Question two. Do you like the name, the Brawl of the Wild, and how do you feel like it kind of fits? I do like the name. Um, there's probably some purists that would prefer for it to be other things. But, you know, you look at it, it used to be called the Copper Bowl back in the day. Uh, I think it's been called the Montana Power Classic. I mean, Montana Power, which is now Northwest Energy, had some, had some pull back then. Um, you know, Cat Grizz is probably what most, most people relate to it. But I do think that uh, from a marketing standpoint, it works. And I think it's appropriate for, you know, the game itself. Okay, last one, I promise. What are your thoughts on the trophy, and how would you describe what it looks like? Well, it looks like Trophy Rock. So if you drive over the Continental Divide as you're heading north towards, towards Butte from here, you look off to your right-hand side, and it looks exactly like that. They did a pretty good job with the likeness. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's a big old hunk of bronze, and it's really heavy, and, uh, and uh, it's a, I think it's, 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 a fitting, it's a fitting prize for the victor, let's say that.
Black Friday is coming, and for the hunter or gun enthusiast on your list, the best Black Friday sale is once again at Selway Armory. Selway Armory's annual Black Friday sale is the stuff of legends, with tons of inventory at and even below cost. Put Selway Armory on your schedule and get there this Black Friday and Saturday for the sale of the year on firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Get to the store at the corner of Baxter and Jackrabbit in front of Big Sky Archery and Zero In. Selway Armory's Black Friday sale, the best there is.